Hi everyone, I'm Matt, the Friendly Board Gamer, and welcome to my 10 Minute Turdown podcast. In these podcasts, I will spend 10 minutes or less talking about a board or card game. I will go over a brief rules explanation and uh, move on to my final thoughts. Straight to the point, no waffling, no gimmicks, just giving you the information you want to hear about a board or card game. So welcome to episode 19, and this one is a little bit delayed. COVID-19 has uh, messed up all my plans, um, but I'm back on schedule now and ready to produce another podcast. So in episode 19, I'm going to talk about Aeon's End, which is a 2016 1-4 player cooperative deck building game, designed by Kevin Riley and published by Indie Boards and Cards and Action Phase Games. So Gravehold is the forgotten underground city, it's the last refuge for survivors of an invasion a long time ago. Society has reformed and have learned that the energy of the breaches used to attack them can be repurposed with the use of various gems and they can be used against the very enemies that attack them. These breaches can be used to send spells and weapons in as a last line of defence. The breach mages are ready, they're ready to defend Gravehold. So players take on the role of one of these breach mages. Um, each breach mage has a unique starting deck and a unique breach setup. Um, when it's a player's turn, they can cast any spells prepped to a breach. They can use cards in their hand to purchase new cards, prepare spells and use relics. Prep spells can be used to attack the enemy, um, either the minion or the nemesis they're trying to defeat. Any spells that are cast and cards that are purchased go into your player's discard pile, followed by any spent gems and relics. And the players will take turns casting spells until either the Nemesis health has been reduced to zero, or in cases the Nemesis deck is exhausted and the players win. The Nemesis will also take turns drawing cards from their Nemesis deck using powerful attacks and bringing up minions to thwart the player's um, efforts. And the Nemesis will win if all the player's life has been reduced to zero, or the health of Gravehold, which is a city you're trying to defend, has also been reduced to zero. Aeon's End has some interesting mechanisms, um, such as variable turn order deck, and also no shuffling of the player's deck. And the order in which cards are discarded plays an important part in Aeon's End, which is very unlike a lot of other deck builders out there on the market, where you shuffle your discard pile to reform your draw pile. So that is a very brief rules explanation of Aeon's End. I'm not going to talk about all the individual cards, gems, relics and spells and what they do. So a deck builder where you don't shuffle the deck, pretty much unheard of as far as I'm aware. And a variable turn order deck where the nemesis can strike twice in a row. Sounds a bit too much like randomness to me. So what is it about Aeon's End that people love? Is it just a replay value with all the different gems, spells and relics, nemesis and breach mages in there? Or are these uh, wrinkles in an otherwise standard deck builder enough to elevate this game to its lofty heights? Well, let's find out as I move on to my final thoughts. So I've only recently purchased this game the past couple of months or so. And after purchasing this game and playing it for the first time, I'm totally kicking myself. And I feel like such an idiot. Why or oh, why did I wait till 2020 to pick up this game? What a fantastic game. Kevin Riley, Indie Boards and Cards, Action Phase Games, I salute you. I'm going to say that I will be reviewing and giving my final thoughts on Aeon's End 2nd Edition core box. Uh, no expansions, just the core game. I might touch on the expansions later, but for the most part, I'll just be talking about the core box. So the core box comes with four nemesis with varying degrees of difficulty, each with their own unique nemesis decks. During the setup of the game, a number of basic nemesis cards are added to the specific nemesis cards, um, which will vary from game to game, and these form the nemesis deck. Uh, so even playing the same nemesis is going to give you a different game time and time again. There are eight unique mages with different starting hands, different starting decks, and all having their own special abilities. 
Each maid will typically have four breaches available to them with varied setups. The cost and number of times a, a breach needs to be focused for it to be open will change from mage to mage as well. The core game also comes with a host of gems, relics and spells to choose from, um, or you can randomly select which card you want to find the market using the randomizer cards. All of these are varied and offer a very different game each time you play. So the replayability in this game is off the charts, it's super high. You can use the same market setup and play with different mages and you'll get a different game. You can use the same market setup, the same breach mage and different nemesis and you'll get a different game. Even using the same market setup, same mage and the same nemesis will give you a different feeling game as the basic nemesis cards added into the nemesis deck will be different from game to game. So the combinations of permutations mean that although you're effectively doing the same thing, the game feels fresh every time you play it. It feels different and it feels challenging with every game as the market and the breaches that you use and nemesis cards that you use and the basic nemesis cards that you use are going to change the gameplay and even the way that the turn order deck and the way that the players have their turns changes from game to game and round to round and um, it all keeps it fresh interesting and challenging the nemesis themselves all play very differently and each have a unique feel to them uh, Rageborn, which is sort of the intro uh, nemesis it, it does feel a bit basic after a few games i did get a bit bored with him pretty quickly um, but some of the other ones in the core box are challenging and, and are uh, quite hard to beat. I think Rageborn is good to learn the game with and to also introduce the game to new people to as well. Because uh, he does offer a challenge but he is relatively easy to beat. And when you are facing a new nemesis um, you have to adopt to how you play the game in order to take down that particular nemesis. They each have their own place down, it's a little puzzle on what you have to do and figure out how to defeat him. The relics and spell cards, as I said, are varied and have interesting abilities and effects, and the synergism between some of the spells and the relics and the gems create some interesting combos. Before casting spells, they must be first prepared to an open breach or to breach that you're focused, and then they cast the next round. And I really like this mechanism. Um, I think it adds an additional level of planning into the game and to your turn. As I said, the breach mages all have special abilities, and these require different amounts of charge tokens to be purchased before they can activate. Um, and these abilities can be crucial and game winning if things start to go awry. Um, even the way the breaches are positioned and the opening requirements vary from mage to mage as well. As I said, all this adds to a massive amount of replayability into the game. I love the variable turn order deck. I think it's always fun when you're uh, drawing out a turn card. Um, you desperately need a play card to be drawn. There's only one nemesis card and one play card left. It offers tension and at times offers chaos when you get a pounding by the nemesis cards two times in a row. But yeah, it doesn't often feel like you can't come back from it because then each of the players will have two turns in a row as well. The no shuffling of discard pile was to begin with hard to get to grips with. I think as gamers we're so used to shuffling cards and it takes a bit of a force of will not to do it. Um, but it's actually a real cool mechanism. One of the problems with standard deck builders is the luck element and the luck in drawing cards that simply just do not sync up. You know, you can build your deck and purchase cards as best you can. But if the cards just don't come out together, then they're not going to get them cool combos. So this is sort of removed to some extent in Aeon's End because as you discard the cards, um, you discard them in the order that you want to um, and you can put cards together so that when you draw them next turn, they come out in the right order. And this simple twist, I think, is what makes the game for me. So at the point of recording this podcast, I think I've played Aeon's End in excess of 25 times, mostly solo, controlling two characters, and this worked really well. Um, and I've had this game less than two months. So that tells you sort of the interest that I have and the like that I have for this game. So touching briefly on the expansions, I have since purchased um, 
the expansions for the first set that go with the card game. These add more nemesis, more mages and more cards. I'm not going to review them fully, but they add a ton of extra content to a game that already had a lot of content as well. Um, they add some new mechanisms as well, which are really interesting and fun to play with. And to sum up, I basically cannot get enough of this game. I just want to keep playing it over and over again. I want to introduce it to anyone and everyone I can as and when the COVID-19 lockdown is over. Um, and the only regret I have is not picking up this earlier. But Celevi, I've got it now, I'm enjoying it. Um, really enjoying it solo, really enjoying it with other people and can't wait for more content. So that is my review of Aeon's End. Hope you've enjoyed that. If you're looking for a solo game or a cooperative deck builder with some interesting twists and mechanisms, highly recommend this. Check it out. I'll also have my D4 Dice review and final thoughts up on my blog at thefriendlyboardgamer.wordpress.com also there's a lot of other content up there and some other podcasts for you to check out i am pretty active on twitter so if you want to come over and follow me my handle is at matttomason2 or you can search for the friendly board gamer and you're sure to find me any thoughts feedbacks questions and um, or if you want to talk more about a game you can drop me an email at thefriendlyboardgamer at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you and if you have any um, feedback or just generally want to talk about a game, then uh, get in touch. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening and hope to catch you on the next 10 Minute Turn Podcast. Bye bye.